I'd like to thank Aaron K for sponsoring this week's Torah content. June is less than a month away, which means that I'll soon be transitioning into summer writing mode with more Substack articles and fewer recorded shirim. The bulk of these articles will remain free. However, if you would like to support my Torah and access additional spicy written content, consider becoming a paid subscriber by going to rabbishnewest.substack.com. Okay, so I feel like I introduce every Wednesday night shir like this. Reminder, the title is Chumash Exploration, okay, uh, which is means that we don't always have stuff uh, like fully prepared. This is like us exploring it. And especially this week, I changed plans like 45 minutes ago or like half an hour ago. Uh, slight plans, not a total change. Um, and so uh, I'm going to sketch our goals here and then we'll see where it takes us, okay? So the goal is like this, is we, uh, I'm always intrigued by like what the Torah Bechsav what the written Torah presents about like the, each of the, uh, you know, the, 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 the people, as opposed to like what we know from Torah Wal Peah from Midrashim, you know? So like we, we talked about this briefly, like in Breshis, I'm still disturbed by the fact that, that with Abraham, almost no background is given. Suddenly just God talks to him, you know? So with Moshe Rabbeinu, you know, we have his birth, obviously, which is important. And we have Moshe Rabbeinu having the conversation with Hashem at the, at the burning bush, but what I was interested in this year was all the stuff that happens in between. It's like, what are the actions that are highlighted in Moshe Rabbeinu between the, you know, the time that he becomes an actor, like an actual like person who's doing stuff, not just a baby, until he, um, you know, uh, speaks to Hashem at the burning bush, right? So I noticed, and I don't think it's like a chiddush or anything like that. I noticed that there are three episodes, three incidents, and all of them involve him intervening for some to, to for some like justice related purpose. Okay. So what I kind of, what the, the, the sketch here for the plan for tonight is I want to go through the psukim and I want to go through like, so the original plan was good. I had a whole suite of Mafarshim lined up. And then like right before Sheer, I saw that the Abravanel has a really good flowing narrative. And I thought to myself, Oh, Chaim Zifkin, who's not here, loves the Abravanel so much. I'll make the whole Sheer about the Abravanel. Uh, so, um, so we're going to, we, we might still dabble in about the Mafarshim, but I kind of want to focus on the Abravanel because he gives a whole narrative. Okay. Um, and what I want to do just so we have like a, an objective oriented uh, thing, I want to make a list of the Midos or like the positive qualities of Moshe that we see from like the, uh, all the episodes. And so we'll, we'll like have that as our like no thing. And then here's the tantalizing cherry on top. I have what I think is a big, uh, I don't even want to call it a Chiddush cause it's not even fully formed yet. I have like a possible like new approach for unifying the, the, uh, the narrative. Okay. Which I'm going to try, uh, uh, floating at the end. Okay. See what happens. Oh, is that him? Sounds like him. Yeah. I was told it's appropriate to bring my dinner. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hello. Yeah, I just went through the whole intro. So I'm gonna pause the recording and then tell you the whole intro again. Um, pause the recording. Ah, okay. I appreciate that. Yeah, the general horns. Pause recording. Got the record button. Okay, fine. Okay, so let's start by going through the Pesukim, okay? Uh, and uh, we're going to start with 2.11. Uh, this is like after Moshe grows up, okay? So by he, and, and oh, and I want to give one, uh, um, not disclaimer, one like um, parameter drawing thing. There's a lot of Torah written about the justification that Moshe had for intervening in these cases. Like, for example, like when he kills the Mitzri, you know, what... Yeah, right. Like, what was his, 
how was he allowed to kill the mystery? You know, like what crime was the mystery like, um, you know, guilty of? Um, Why do we assume that he was alive? Uh, that's a good question also. So because there's so much stuff there and, uh, or let's say like, um, similarly, like there's a lot of stuff with the uh, saving Yisro's daughters or Ruola's daughters from the, the well, we could go very, very much into that. I kind of want to just walk into this since we're focusing on Moshe and his perfections, I want to focus on, I want to assume that Moshe Rabbeinu is justified. Okay. And we'll only go into like what he saw insofar as it reveals stuff about his own uh, mitos. Okay. Like I don't want to get bogged down in all the theories about why he did what he did. No, sorry. In terms of like what they were guilty of. Okay. Okay. So let's start with the Pesukim here. So uh, Shmos 2.11. By he, by Amimahim, and it was in those days, Vayigdal uh, Moshe, Moshe grew up, Vayite Elechav. Oh, sorry, one more mission, one more mission. Okay. Uh, again, uh, because of Rabbi Zimmer's imagination here, um, uh, I, I have been trying to incorporate this into my, my, uh, my learning of like um, really painting a vivid picture of what's going on in real world terms as much as we can, because I think that is part of the design. Okay. So it was in those days, Vayigdal Moshe, Moshe grew up, Vayite Elechav, and he went out to his brethren, Vayar Basiv Losam, and he saw their, I would translate as burdens. How do they translate in the uh, article there? Uh, burdens. Burdens. Okay. There you go. Oh, yeah. His what? Other, labors. Labors. Okay, fine. Yeah, it could be like their their impositions, like the things that were imposed upon them. You know, uh, which in which case labors would make uh, would be a good translation. Vayar ish mitri maket ish and he saw an Egyptian man striking a Hebrew man of his brethren. Okay. As we go through this, by the way, if you have questions, we can say the questions. But again, we we're going to be kind of focusing on the macro here. Yeah. Yeah. Just one was this like such a um, noteworthy thing? So okay, so that, good question. So that is what we're going to see in uh, in, in some of the far from here. Okay, so that, that's a good question. Right? Like like the so what question. Yeah. Well, it's interesting just to point out that like it, it seems possible that Moshe grew up, even though he grew up in Carlos Palace, he grew up like he was a Jew. Yeah. So yeah, 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 definitely. And there, there's theories about how that came to be. I think the Rebbe like quickly summarizes the theories. Oh uh, yeah, it's true. back then, like nobody. Yeah, else unless you take Chazal literally, that Moshe was born already uh, with a brez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way, okay. Vayifin. I mean, the easiest interpretation is that Yochava told him because she virtually raised him, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, and they weaned late back then. Yeah. Okay. Vayifin Kovako. So he looked here and here, hither and thither. Vayar Kienish, and he saw that there was no man. Vayach es and he struck the Egyptian. Vayit menehu bachol, and he buried him in the sand. Okay, plain shot is he killed him, right? It's like he buried him alive in the sand. Okay, vayite bayom hasheni, and uh, and he went out on the second day. Uh, Moshe, not the dead Egyptian. Vihine shne anashim ivrim nitzim, and there were, behold, there were two Hebrew men uh, quarreling or fighting. Um, and he said to the wicked one, why do you strike your friend? Again, this is an example. Like they go, Farshim go wild. I'm like, why does he call him a Russia? You know, what were they fighting about? You know, et cetera. But we're not going to get into that. So he said, the guy who, uh, who Moshe addressed said, who made you into a man, an officer, a judge over us? Uh, you're going to kill us? Uh, you're going to kill me? Uh, like you kill that Egyptian. Uh, and again, they make a big deal about the Ata Omer, right? That, that the, you know, Mufarjim say he kills him by saying the Shem HaMaforash. You know, okay, we're not going to get into that either. Vayura Moshe Vayomar. Moshe was afraid and he said, Achain, uh, indeed, no Dahadavar, the matter is known. 
And Paro heard this matter. Uh, and he wanted to kill Moshe. And, uh, and Moshe fled from before Paro and um, uh, he settled in the land of Midian and he settled uh, at the well. Well, this is a question of what the chronology is. Okay, yeah, yeah. Did you already do the Ravnel on this or not? Okay, all right, good, good. Okay. Ulkomi Midian, Sheva Banos. And to the priests of Midian, who were just suddenly meeting for the first time, there were seven daughters, Vatavona, and they came. Vatidlena, uh, and they they um I guess uh lowered their uh their buckets. How do they translate Vatidlena? They drew, okay. Yeah, um yeah, uh Vatamalena as Harhatim, and they filled the troughs, uh Lahashko Sonavihan to water or to provide water for the flock of their father. Vayavu Haroim and the shepherds came, Vayagarashum, and they drove them away. Uh, the shepherds drove away the daughters of uh, of, of uh, the Kohen Midian. Vayachem Moshe and Moshe arose Vayoshian and he saved them. Okay, right, which implies it's a weird phrase, right? He saved them, drove them away. Does not imply that they were in danger. It just you know, like whatever. So it implies that there was some sort of something save worthy going on here. Vayash yeah. es Sonam and he watered uh, the flock, their flock. And they came to Ruel, their father. And now this is, again, that's a whole other question. Who is Ruel? Is he Yisro? Is he Yisro's father? Yeah. Okay, right. We're not going to get into that. Uh, and he said, uh, Ruel said, why did you come uh, back so quickly today? But tomorrow, and they said, uh, an Egyptian man saved us. Again, another election of Hatzalah saved us from the shepherds. And he even um, drew water for us. And he watered the sheep. And just say that, that they knew he was Egyptian. That, okay, they, they could tell enough that he was Egyptian, but they couldn't tell enough that, to know that he was Jewish. I mean, right, not, yeah. Somehow they could tell from the way that he looked and dressed that right. he had to be from that area, but they couldn't tell from the way that he looked and dressed that he was also specifically Jewish. Right, yeah, yeah. So so, uh, so plain shot is he was dressed as an Egyptian because... Right, he was he was a a, a sovereign prince of Egypt. Um, <laughs> not really. Uh, he was a uh, he was a prince who was uh, you know in Paro's house and plain shot he didn't wait for forty years. Right, is he he went straight here? And how are they going to see that he's Jewish? There was no such thing as uh, I mean, Chazal say that they kept their clothing. The Jews kept their clothing, but he wouldn't have worn those. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, fine. Okay, so let's actually pause here for a second. Okay, because we have our so just note in rapid succession, mm-hmm. these three events. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, so very, very, uh, you know, like boom, boom, boom. And then, then we've got like the, uh, the, the narrative in between and then the, uh, the burning bush. Okay. Yeah. All right. So like I said, our goal here is going to be to make a, uh, a list. Let me just actually um, share the whole screen here. It never, it never says in the shot in the shot that he was like royalty when he grew up or anything. I mean, it sounds like he was the son that bought Paro. Uh, doesn't say like you know he was anything. Paro well, it does. Like, right, it doesn't say that he was literally royalty, but it does say. Let's let's just look at the book in here. Just you will Yeah, just one second. Yeah, Michael, what do you want to say? Um, have you ever heard of BHI? BHI? No. Black Hebrew Israelite. Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah. They, those, those guys. they particularly like this story to prove that since Moshe looked like an Egyptian in, yeah. Egypt, in Africa, Moses right. 
been black. Right. That's based on like falsehood, right? That uh, that the they think the Egyptians were black, but the Egyptians were not black. Um, there was a southern kingdom in uh, Egypt, the Nubia. Right. But this they was not part black. of the southern kingdom, though. Yeah, there are actually even reliefs you can see. Like we actually have photographic yeah. evidence of like Egyptians <laughs> No, no, it's true. Yeah. They're conquering nations, and one of the nations they're conquering is an African one. Right. And visibly different than the way. You, you meant hieroglyphic evidence. Hieroglyphic evidence. Yeah, yeah, right. It's not right. hieroglyphic though, because it's it's carved in. It's a uh, statuary right. evidence, I guess. Yeah, but it, is there not a pasuk that says? Um, no, you're right. It just says in Pasuk Yud, Vayigdal Hayala Vatvihu Labas Paro, Vahila Labain. That's all we get there, right? That she he was for her as a son. Right? Yeah. Um, but it does not, yeah, you're right. It doesn't really say um like his status. Yeah. Okay, fine. All right. So so let us go with our so what we're doing here is list. Sorry, hold on a second here. Um our goal is to make a list of Moshe's virtues as illustrated in these three episodes okay okay so um yeah so again i the original plan was to go through a bunch of mafarshim but we're kind of abandoning that and we're going straight to the Ravanel, okay because he turns out he summarizes a lot of what they say and then we'll see how much time we have afterwards and then go into the other mafarshim or maybe i'll go into them as we as we look at it okay now the first thing they brought we're not gonna read everything in the Ravanel. the first thing i i have to mention just because it's so controversial uh, and, uh, we're, and I'm, I'm going to say, I'm not going to read it, but then you're going to be like, what? And then I'm going to end up reading it and we're not going to dwell on it. Okay. Have you heard the theory of Moshe being the Ethiopian King? Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Isn't there like a whole metric series about that. There is. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, yeah. So, oh, you know, so, so you have heard of it then. Okay, good. So, so, um, what I'm going to do is I'll just post this in the, in the chat. Uh, I wrote a thing about this. Yeah. But, um, is it pitting that against the measures that he was put in prison by Israel 40 years? Um, uh, sorry, say it again. I have not heard of that one. I don't know where I can find them per se, but I know I've definitely heard of them. Is that one is that he was an Ethiopian prince basically Yeah. 40 years. And he went to Midian. The other ones, he came to Midian for whatever reason. Uh, you start putting him in prison for 40 years and like Sipor would like bring you food and water. Uh-huh. Like, that was, like, their, like, That's very interesting. I've not heard that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I wrote this article on Parshas uh, Bahaloska, which I'll, I'll uh, link it in, in the chat and in the video here um, about uh, who Moshe's wife was, right? That's the whole thing. Is the, the puzzle says it's Isha Kushis. Yeah. Yeah. Was that Sipora or was that someone else? And there's a whole read in Kaspi who goes into this. Uh, basically the, the whole thing is like, there's, um, this book called Divra Hayamim, uh, uh, Lamosha Rabino or Shamosha Rabino, which I describe as like fan fiction about Moshe that they, uh, that they think is, um, that the Rashbam thinks is like a, uh, an actual, uh, true account. Uh, but good. So we don't need to go into that then. Okay. So that's what the first part of the Bravanel is on. And he says it's plausible. And then he says that like, but the Torah wouldn't mention it because it's not important. And it was a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. She says it was a waste of time for most to be there for 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, um, but at that point, I mean, this might just be like caution on my side, right? But like, if he was in Ethiopia for 40 years. Yeah. And then they think he's a Mitchell, like. Yeah. That's the other weird thing. It doesn't fit with that. Yeah, exactly. He would have Ethiopian clothing on, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing also is, um, is like, Ravanon brings other arguments like uh like it says he put uh uh Gershom on the uh on the camel along with Sipora, but could could Ger- if Gershom was like 60 years or old or whatever, then would he have fit on the camel or wait no no it doesn't work that way. Oh yeah, hold on a second. 
He, he works out the chronologies that ends up being weird that they're on the camel, but whatever. Well, anyway, Eliezer, maybe it was Eliezer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the difficult chronology is when the second kid is born because when he comes back, yes, he's right. punished at the well and God tries to kill him, which is one of the weirdest stories. Right, in the right, right. I don't think a lot of weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let us actually start at what we're interested in here. Okay. So Yodalif in the Bravana on the bottom, you have the thing. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Amar Vyatsa, is it Vyatse? Yeah. Vyatse Elechav. Uh, I just want to bring up yeah. So he went out to his brethren, uh, and he looked at their uh, burdens. Uh, since Moshe's soul clung to Yocheved, uh, who raised him. Okay, so he really does hold. It wasn't just like weaning; it was uh, it was raising him, right? I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming that the raising goes beyond the weaning. Uh, and what is that? mean and he clung to her probably her um her children but that's just like miriam and aaron okay it is right i just don't know why he would say wouldn't just say uva you know miriam and aaron okay whatever i actually wonder um is like is there anything that says like motion knew that like they were his parents when they were raising him Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, not not that says it explicitly, but uh, I mean, it's much from what he's saying that that's the case. Yeah. Well, not necessarily. It could could just be that like he uh, he really could be. It's very hard because uh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. using using this to explain. I mean, what he's she's gonna tell sure, him? He's not a sure Dalto, right? That, the reason that he clung to uh, that his soul clung to Yochevet. Yeah. Him, right. Because she was his mother. Right. Yeah. Bosparo was his mother. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Right. The Akrishnis Gadel, and after uh, he was raised, Yeda Mehem Amitazinyanu. He knew from them the truth of his situation. The Shehum Yaldeha Ivrim, and that, but it is interesting. He says after he was raised, after he grew up, I mean, sorry, after he grew up, right? It sounds like they didn't tell him at first, right? Um, and it also doesn't say that they told him, it's just as he knew, right? Oh, well, it says Mehem, though, Mehem. Yeah. yeah. The public said, I, I, I like. I don't know what the Hebrew is exactly, but the, the way it is here is the boy grew up, Moshe grew up, and she and Yochevet brought Moshe to Bat Para. Yeah. I mean, so it sounds like Moshe wasn't even with Bat Para for most of the no, no, he was not because uh, childhood, at least he was shot. He was yeah, not. No, no, no. Right, right. Yeah, he, uh, I think it is a fair read to say that Yochevet was nanny for like yeah, a yeah, definitely. Sounds like even yeah, best nanny ever, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I always say this that like you know of all the parents in Torah. Amram and Yochavit had the best track record by far, oh, right? Yeah. The three greatest, raising the three greatest oh, Nevi'im, yeah. like, you know, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Yagov's kids have plenty of problems, yeah. Yeah, okay, anyway, so... Um, yeah, like the worst thing that happened was that like Aaron and Miriam, like, so Right, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, okay, so Vishu Mialde Ibrahim, and he knew that he was uh, one of the uh, the offspring of the Hebrews, even though Basparo raised him like a son, right? So he's got, you know, whatever, um, uh, two two mother figures. Right. Okay, and for this reason, he went out to his Hebrew to his uh, Hebrew brethren who were outside of the city in the palaces of the king, right? So this is what I mean by Rabbi Zimmer's approach here, right? So you, you got a picture here. What happened? Okay. Um, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> you got a picture uh, uh, that, uh, so he's raised in the King's palace and he, he obviously knows that Yochavit is not uh, like, you know, just 
Right, not just a nanny, right? He finds out about his brethren at some point when he's already older, but he's never seen the his, his brethren out there. And he has to go outside of the city, which he's probably not going to do if he's, uh, if he's, you know, a royal guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, and he leaves to go see them. Okay. Umosha Yatame Armon Hamalucha. He left from the palace of the king, and he went to his brethren, the Hebrews. Or to his brethren, the Levine. Yeah, so main issue being that the Levine were not enslaved, right? According to Chazal, yeah. And then also, according to Chazal, there doesn't have more than Right, that's also true. Yeah. Also, um, were the Levine living in a separate place? they were... That's yeah, right. Although it was interesting because Keith and I were trying to figure out like where Moshe like learned. Yeah, when did he learn all these years? Yeah, and he like knew the ideas from Avram, and he like kind of like just sat and did his own thing. Or if according to Barbanel, he went out to see his brothers, like the Levine, like Chavel said, like the Levine spent their time learning. Right. I mean, I always assumed he got it from the Levine who were his parents. You know. Well, I guess if he did live with them, I was thinking that he lived with the Parsons, but if he lived with these. Mother. Right. Well, that was only for a couple years. It's unclear how, how long it was. You know, it, could, it seems like it was for until he grew up, right? According to Rav Nell, yeah, not just until he was weaned. And Moshe definitely was very advanced for his age. Yeah. <laughs> so he's saying, like, you know, uh, <laughs> parent teacher conference with the your son is very advanced for his age. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he, you know, I, I, I assume that he got educated by them. Okay. Anyway, or his brothers of Levim, uh, oh, Hayu Echav. Um, Mamish Mikrove Amram Yochavid, or his actual like not literal brothers, but like his his blood relatives in uh from Amram Yochavid. Ivrim Bichlal Nikraim Achim. Ivrim in general are called brothers. Shnemar as it says, Ulachicha Lo Sashich. You shall not um what do you call uh um charge interest from your brothers. Lo Yagu Yigos Esreehu Vesachiv. You shall not oppress your uh, your fellow and your brother. Okay, fine. Meaning Moshe Shnis Kaim Besichlo. Moshe, once Moshe had established in his intellect, Vieda al Nachon as Aviv as Imo, and he knew, I think, accurately his father and mother and recognized his brothers. Cham Libo Bekirbo, his heart burned in him, Liros Inyanam, to, in, to see their condition. Okay, right? So this is an interesting thing here. What would you call this trait here? Uh, radical entropy. Well, so it's interesting here because let's contrast this with a couple other Mepharshim here, uh, just because I think it's easy to project like um, uh, specific qualities here, but the, the Mepharshim say different things. So Rashi says, Vayar Basilosam, Alehem. He set his eyes and heart to like feel pain with them. To me, that's like radical empathy, right? And then Sforno says also, Vayar uh, Basilosam, same thing. He 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 set his heart and mind uh, to see the affliction of his brethren, um, and then also says Okay, we, we we haven't gone there yet. Uh, hold on, just one second here. There's someone else. Uh, I think the uh, the Malbim. Yeah, Malbim says like this. 
ויגדל משה ויצא אל אחיו, יספר מצדקס משה ואיך מן נעוריו היו בו כל המעלה שבעבורם זכה לכל הכבוד הזה. אז זה האינטרו. זה מספר על הרגשות של משה ואיך מן נעוריו, then he had all of these virtues which made him be uh, merit all these uh, this uh, glory shagam shagat of the base melach even though he was uh, raised in the house of the king of israel hayu az betaklis ashiflus and israel was at the lowest levels lo histir panav mehan he did not hide his eyes from his face from them this is another mida vitalahem mitzachim achim echav and he went out to them because they were his brethren הפך מטבע האנשים שבאלוסם לגדולה ישרחקו מאחיהם העניים והאביונים. This is the opposite of the people who, when they get into a position of prominence, they distance themselves from their brothers uh, who are in a lowly position. Zos Shanis, secondly, or we would have to make a list. Secondly, Shira Bisiflosam, he saw their burdens. Hainu Shihibit Alzeb Ein Chemla, he looked upon them with a compassionate eye. Vilibu Allah Davai, and his heart was uh, despondent about them. Zos Shlishis, third thing, Shira Ishmitri. Okay, we haven't gotten there yet. Okay, fine. So so what are we seeing here? So we, we've got the, the, uh, the empathy, right? Now, when you said radical empathy, what did you mean by radical? Um, it's not just like it's not just like he felt bad from it yeah but it's also that like he wanted to like be able to experience it firsthand see so like he wanted to see he wanted to be okay. there and like 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 really right, right. okay so that's what i i was going to say something similar for the abravanel the fact that he says um right now i think inyanam is not able to be translated as their affliction i think it's like like he said before like he says um Amitas inyano, like their condition, right? So I think there is a uh, a let's say here a um, uh, it's a type of curiosity. But how would we char- characterize it? Um, curiosity, but it's tied to what you're saying of like like to see firsthand their suffering. Well, like, curiosity, the fact that he doesn't want to ignore, wants to be wants to know what's happening. Right. Right, so curious to be like uh, he's always running away also. right uh, no, no, I know what you're thinking of um like breaking identification, but I don't know uh, there's a better 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 term right yeah. I'm trying to wait, find a way to capture just the intellectual virtue of this and then differentiate from the uh, the uh, the Midos virtue, right? Uh-huh. To see um, uh, injustice first, firsthand. Uh, yeah, to see well the, their their condition firsthand. Let's just describe it and then we'll go uh, we'll go to this. And look, I'll, I'll give you a, 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 an example of this, right? So uh, um, Again, I, I I know I bring this up a lot, but because it was a powerful experience. But when Johnny, when my brother went to investigate the genocides, you know, so he didn't just want to read about the genocides. He wanted to go to Rwanda and like see and talk to the people who this affected and then go to Armenia and talk to them and then go to Poland and Germany and talk to them. It's different than just an intellectual curiosity. He wants to like, like. get the most accurate information possible from the people who this affected, you know? Like he got, like, uh, not like metaphorically in the pit, but like literally into the pit. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what to call this quality, but we'll just list it here. Meaning, like, 
you're saying it's more than curiosity. Like he's doing an actual investigation into yeah, the investigative ju- investigative curiosity. Okay, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Uh, so the, 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 and, and to me, that's an intellectual virtue. Okay. Empathy is not intellectual virtue. Empathy is a meatos virtue, yeah. right? You can have empathy from here, but he's not doing that. He's going. Right. All right. So then, then empathy. Now, I think we have to divide the empathy into several kinds, right? So the the interesting thing is that it seems like part of the empathy is related to the fact that he is related to these people, right? So it's yeah. not. It's so so. It's interesting thing that it's not. And this is kind of what I wanted to like explore. I don't think we see Moshe's human empathy here. That we don't see until he saves the Benos uh, Ruel, right? So this is empathy because they are his brethren, yeah, yeah. right? I think that's after everybody seems to be saying also. Yeah. Everybody's focusing on like the, uh, the Achiv. Right, right. And and it says he went out to see Echav, right? right. To be with his brethren. And the Marbonel gives what, like three different explanations of what Echav means here? Right? Yeah, right, right. Um, okay, then we have what the Malvin said about the fact that he is, um, yeah. Just add on to that, is that the three levels he gives is, is Ivrim and then Alaviyim and then like his actual blood relatives, like his Kroben Right. So like it's interesting that he's kind of like, he's, he's like, I think that's what he's saying. He's like, he's uh, capitalizing on that point and saying that this was a din in like uh, closeness. Yeah, right, right, right. Getting closer and closer. Okay. Right. So and then, and I, yeah. he's, make, he's making a spectrum that within the context, right. it makes sense to say Achiv the Jews because they're the ones enslaved. Right. But in terms of actual Achiv, he eventually gets to Amram um, and Miriam. Right. Correct. Yeah. Uh, and you have it. Um, yeah. Um, okay. So then I think there's another thing also. I think this is a separate Mita that is highlighted by the Abravanel, okay, which which sounds like a modern term and it might elicit a chuckle, uh, is he's a person who who goes out of his comfort zone. Okay. Uh, and that's what was emphasized by the fact that he left the palace and the city. Yeah despite being raised there and being like a, uh, a, a, a prince. Yeah. Okay. Right. Then there's the fact, what did the Malbim say? The Malbim said one more thing. Uh, the Malbim said that, uh, oh, he did not disassociate from them because of their lowliness and because of his prominence. So that's not empathy either. That's something different, right? I mean, it could be, uh, empathy could be the thing that ties you there, but what would you say here is, um, uh, well, what do you call it when you Maybe it helps to say both of them, right? What do you? What would you call a guy who distances himself from people when he uh, when he uh, yeah. gets prominence, you know? And then there's people who, like remember their humble origins, and right? Yeah, I know. I don't know if there's a, there's a good words for these. Yeah, we need well, our term it phrase. It illustrates yeah. an immunity to social norms. Like growing up in the house of power with a bunch of slaves serving you. You shouldn't right. actually say this is the way of things, but he right. on his own that that was wrong and he wanted to investigate it further. Right. Yeah. So maybe there's multiple qualities here. Cause I was thinking from a slightly different angle, which is that, that like, if you, if you are a member of a low class and you get a lucky break, like, you know, being raised by the, you know, in the King's palace, you don't, like there's a, it taints the purity of your position to think of yourself as like a member of that low class. Like, again, like the classic examples, I mean, like, like either Hitler or Voldemort, you know, like, like, you know, if you are a, what was it? (laughs) If you, you know, Hitler was not blonde hair, blue eyed, right. Voldemort was, uh, was, you know, was not a pure blood, you know, he was a half blood. Right. So he, um, so people w- want to downplay that aspect of themselves because of their prominence, you know, and like, like, 
like deny the fact that they're associated with that. And, and someone who's willing to say like, no, this is, these are my people. This is where I came from. What do you call this? Yeah. I think putting it in terms of status is good. Right. So, so yeah, I like not consumed by status for now. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, uh, right. Okay, good. Then we had, so I'm going to read his brethren. Um, is that it? Or was there one more thing that the mob said? Oh yeah, Michael, repeat what you said again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yours was different. Um, I was saying, not consumed. I was saying that it shows uh, an immunity to social norms. Yeah. That he um, ought to normally, we would think, be comfortable with his position in the palace, but he didn't care that everyone said you're entitled yeah. to this. Okay, and, so I think, okay, good. So, so I just wanted to make one other point that uh, from Rabbi Fox here, yeah. uh, he illustrated a few seconds before this, how Moshe's development, his small little uh, adventure in Mitzrayim, mirrors Batya's experience with him. That mm-hmm. she saw him identified right. as a Jew, but ignored her point. father's commandments and yeah. said, I'm going to protect this one. That's a really good point. Yeah, that's a yeah, really, really good point. Yeah, that is very, very, very good. Right. So it's possible that he got these from Bosparo also, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's, verses are very much drawing that parallel. Yeah, that's really good. By the way, just a, a side plug. Uh, Rabbi Jonathan, Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs has a great uh, essay on the six or the seven women who made Moshe who he is. Uh, and, um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like I can think of yeah, maybe five. Well, who's going to be? Uh, Basparo, Yocheved, Miriam, Miriam, Kipora, and Shifra and Pua. Are Shifra yeah, and Pua yeah. different than Yocheved and Miriam? Uh, according to the Sukkim. Okay. Bam! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. I, I think that that's them. So four to six. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I recommend that essay. I, I can make a PDF if anyone's interested because I have it in, in a in a book. Well, obviously, it's taking Rosh, but he said that the, that God when God made wants him for Rosh for Akula, like that ends up with uh, with Moshe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like they're linked. Could be okay. Um, was there anything else in the Malbim here? Uh, oh, that's the other thing. Also, Lohistir Pun of Mayhem. So I think that's another thing which is, it might be related to the status thing, but there is a thing where you don't, like hiding your face. Uh, I, I bet he used that phrase intentionally, right? Because Moshe hit his face uh, by, by, yeah, uh, by God, but, but not with this. Um, there is a thing of like not wanting to look at your humble origins, right? I, I think that, that's what I was saying also, right? Right, is, um, is, uh, wasn't resistant to looking at his humble origins. Okay. Uh, uh, meaning like I came from, from, uh, I, I come from a people of slaves. It almost seems like five and six are like, well, parts of four. No. Okay. Uh, yeah. So this, I want to, uh, uh, add here, not consumed to, uh, by a status, uh, to the point where he, um, uh, dissociated from the Jews. Uh, I guess that is six also. Yeah. All right, fine. Yeah. But immunity, social norms though, Michael was saying to the point where he, um, like, 
uh, like like went out of the palace, right? Which is unheard of back then. Yeah, I, yeah, Orin. Um, as to I guess number four. Yeah, he was in Midian. It seems like he was still uh, presenting as an Egyptian, though. Yeah, but that's also you don't you can't blame him because he fled. You know, okay. like he's fine. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, okay. So, all right. So let's go on the now. Oh, yeah. Sounds like the Hester Punim. It's it, yeah. first of all it's interesting that they use that term to say that he didn't engage in Hester Punim. That seems sort of like the negative version of investigative curiosity to see for Sam. I mean, he, he doesn't turn yes. away from bad things. He investigates, but Hester Punim right. would be. I don't need to look at this. I'm in a yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so let me put here not Hester Punim. Okay. Yeah. Um, by the way, when I I, I, I saw some people post in the chat, uh, I, I got to, again, I, I know not everyone knows my rules. I, I don't read the chat. So you could you could vocalize it uh, or someone else could read the chat out loud, but I'm not going to look at the chat. It's too annoying. Okay. Um, all right. Back to the problem now. Uh, okay. So then he says like this. The Tixar Nafsho Ba'alam, new paragraph. His soul was uh, <laughs> short, but I think it means that he was like... Um, uh, distraught, right, by their their toiling. Um, uh, he saw, especially when he saw a, an Egyptian man strike a Hebrew man, uh, who uh, who didn't do anything wrong. And that's why he was aroused to strike him. Okay, right? So this is where we see, like, the sensitivity to injustice, right, is um, intolerance of of injustice, right? That's the uh, e- Egyptian striking a Hebrew for no reason. Yeah. Was that? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could just read that as, as like empathy. No, uh, not according to the Rebbe, no, right? Because he says, Alohamas Bakapav, when he didn't do anything wrong. Vlachin his oral Empathy doesn't automatically like. Get the not empathy, better solidarity, I guess, with like fellow Jews. Like you can serve that game. But then why is it? Why does he say? Uh, why does he say that he saw that he says uh, that this was? So he says two things. His soul was was distraught at their uh, at their toil. and in addition to this, Shira Ishmitri hitting him. He saw an Egyptian guy hitting him with when the guy didn't do anything wrong. Like to me, that's like separate quality. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the Harav Avram ben Ezra appears v'yitzah elachav hamitzri. This is a weird shot. Okay, the Ibn Ezra learns he went out to his brethren, the Egyptians. Okay, why? V'hinei piyushu kain. He explained this mipneisha nemar v'yar b'sivlosam because it says he saw their sivlosam kilafi dato according to the Ibn Ezra has sivlus shav el hamitzri hapoel also sivlus means. The uh, uh, refers to the burdens that the Egyptians enacted. Okay, so in other words, Ibn Ezra is forced to say this based on his grammatical understanding. Okay, uh, but then he says, Don't think that that's like necessary. Okay, fine. So he says, grammatically works out, and he says, It's also improbable that the puzzle would call. Uh, use the term brother for an Egyptian, and not for any other nation. So it's weird that the only time you see people called brethren are either other Jews or the Edomites who like are our brethren, you know? Um, but here's the interesting thing. If you did go according to Ibn Ezra, I think you would see another Mita also. What would it mean to say that, that, uh, that um, he went out to go see the Egyptians and assuming everything else is true? Like that, the the, the Brahmin said, "What would that show?" 
Did he glance? Did he like talk to other Egyptians? Uh, well, he went to see them, right? But what what, what would it show that he went out uh, to go see them? Self investigation and not relying on others. Uh, I'm word of mouth about what's going on. Meaning, meaning, it's one thing to like sit in the palace and people tell you, "Oh yeah, yeah, what's happening in the world." It's another thing to like go out and like see what's happening. You know, see if the uh, see if his his information is correct. Okay, so you could you you could say it's subsumed under the uh, just the first quality that we said here, which is uh, investigation firsthand. But what what added quality will we see if it's talking about the Egyptians? And again, he knows he's a Jew. He's raised in the Egyptian palace, right, right. by Egyptian, and he knows that the Egyptians are enslaving the Jews. All right. Wouldn't it just kind of bolster number six? Uh, it would. If, if he considered the Egyptians his brother, then he's going against them, even because they're. Okay, that's also true, right? It would also bolster number six. Yeah, like, like, well, like the, the um, mental fortitude to like go against the, the grain, basically. Yeah, so you're right. So I, I think it, 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 see, to me, it's, it, it, it partakes of six and it partakes of, of five, but like, like the analogy here is like this is like, let's say like you are a, uh, a, you know, a German in Nazi Germany who hears about what the Nazis are doing and you kind of don't, you want to turn a blind eye to what your own people are doing, but it says something, if you actually go out there and you see what are my people doing and you're willing to face that evil, like to me, it partakes of these qualities, but it feels like it's a, it's a different thing, you know, like, what is it that we're, or, you know, much, much tamer uh, uh, analogy. There used to be a show on called Undercover yeah, Boss, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So like where uh, in some of these cases, then it's like, there's really, really bad conditions in their companies. And like they go and they want to like actually like see what's going on firsthand. And they're willing to face like the evil that they're, that they're, that their own like, you know, actions are per- perpetuating in a way, you know? So I'm just going to write this here. According, according to Ibn Ezra, I'll call you a second, Michael. To Ibn Ezra, willingness to look at the evil being done by his Egyptian brethren. Okay. Uh, yeah, Michael? Um, I, I wanted to say something as well in terms of uh, the willingness, not with the Ibn Ezra interpretation. I don't actually think it's a good interpretation. Just Because like, it later says, Ish Ibri Me'achav, but whatever. Um, okay, yeah. <laughs> look, he knows grammar better than me. I, I completely can see. But uh, it reminded me of uh, the Batman Begins quote where he says, training is nothing, will is everything. Yeah. Bosha is illustrating here strong will. That, right. like, despite all of these concerns, genuine issues, like he's breaking laws, he's killing an Egyptian citizen, he right. has the will to act, to actually fix injustice. Yeah. That's a good point. Right. Yeah. It's sympathizing, empathizing and sympathizing is not enough. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was going to say that uh, this is like yeah. Levy, like when they, Levy killed their own kind after the sin of the golden calf. Right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Watch out for Levy we will kill our cousins. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So putting your money where your mouth is, putting your sword where your, uh, your, your uh, ideas are. Okay. Ready for the second Pasuk? <laughs> that was all one Pasuk, right? Yeah, okay. All right. Um, uh, so then he says like this. Oh, no, actually, we're... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah this is good. Meaning, Moshe vada kihu hika as a mystery. So Moshe was worried that it would become known that he struck the, the Egyptian. That's why he looked here and there. Um, 
Okay. Ladas imyesh adam sheroeoso to know if there's a person who's seeing him. Because ra'a, I mean, that's also a quality, right? Is uh, even if you're doing the right thing, oh, it's all, 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 I wouldn't know. No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay. Um, uh, I, I, the, my first year in teaching high school, I took the policy of not answering questions about my background, but I did plant the rumor that I used to be an assassin. Uh, <laughs> I think some gullible kids, uh, you know, so I, I would like plant little, uh, little things like that. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, uh, Let's see. Uh, and, and I, 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 you know, made it into a thing of like before I converted, like you know, like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, obviously. All right, that makes uh, it all so much better. Yeah, it does. Right. Yeah. Um, when he saw that there was no person looking uh, and like uh, uh, witnessing what he was doing, Kim Muka, except for the guy who was stricken, foreshadowing. Uh, he he cut as a mystery. Then he struck the mystery of a yizminehu b'chol, and he hit him in the sand. Kadesh lo yargishu boshenerag, so that uh, people would not sense that the guy died. Right? Like if they just see the guy on the floor, they'll sense it. <laughs> okay. Shim hayanir, yeah. Shim hayanir harog alpen asadev. He was just like lying there on the field. Hayimavakshin gole damo. So then the uh, the blood redeemers would uh, would 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 rise up. B'chokrin achre aroteh and look after the roteh. The murderer. This also shows the perfection of the character of the, the master of the prophets and his constitution and his bravery, right? So courage, bravery is a big thing. This is a big act, right? So like, uh, you know, and I, I, this could be subsumed under eight, but I think eight is like Michael saying shows like a lot of, uh, is reflected in a lot of stuff, but to go and actually kill someone who is doing an injustice, that's like, you know, that takes a uh, guts. And also, like, what's it called? That's like the, uh, that's like the Allah by a king in general, right? He can just like, yeah. He has like that power. Like, right. Like, but it doesn't take as much guts if you're the king. True. Right. Takes, it takes guts if you're, uh, a, uh, you know, uh, a oh, Egyptian, prince. Egyptian prince. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which the Egyptian princes don't have this, uh, authority. Right. And that's clear from the, like, the, the Hebrew who objects to him says, who do you think you are to do this? If they had the right to do this, then then he wouldn't have said that. Yeah, Ron. Um, to strengthen the the practicality point. Yeah. It, it also, maybe you said it. I like this one here, but also says that by even like you look. This yeah. One, yeah. Yeah. That's where we're getting it from. Also yeah. To go against this point, then. Yeah. To, or to number ten, especially. This seems very like impulsive. Ah. Okay. So the Robin, I was going to address that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah, Michael. Um, I just wanted to comment. It's interesting that the Arbanel is referencing that uh, Moshe's king of Nevi'im. Because uh, the Ramam, I think in the Mora, describes Navi as being so consumed with his vision, what he sees to be right, that he's compelled to act. So yeah, he's right. illustrating that, that Moshe knew this right. was wrong. I'm going to murder this guy and hide right. it. Because execute, execute. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, good. Oh, sorry. I, 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 I skipped uh, halfway. I was sorry. I, mean, I stopped halfway. Okay, so this is another thing. Even though he was young in years... Uh, and was like had assimilated with the Egyptians in terms of like his his uh, his identity. Lo nasa libo elbon achi echav amalan. 
uh, I don't know exactly what this phrase means. Like I know elbow means like an insult and Nasa Libo is like lifting his heart, but I think it means that he, he did not let that prevent him from like avenging his, uh, you know, or, or intervening to, uh, for his brothers who were oppressed. The Sikhan Nafsho, the Harigos Amisri, Lincoln Nicomas Benesra, and he endangered his soul in order to uh, enact justice for Benesra against the Egyptian, right? So uh, it's clear to bravery to risk his life to save, to save another. Yeah. Is this the first Navi to kill someone? That's an interesting question. I never thought about that. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. If you say that Kain got Navua. Yeah. <laughs> right. I and mean, he does talk to God afterwards. Yeah. But oh, was it? What was it? What was it? I saw somewhere like where they actually people it or something. Oh, because right. this is a chase. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, <laughs> I, I gave all you on that. Yeah. Okay. All right, now this is my favorite part in this paragraph here. Uh, there are those who say that when he looked here and there, it doesn't mean that he was looking out for people, uh, but rather is that he he looked here and here in his mind. Okay, what does that mean? It literally says, let's, let's, let's read his explanation and see what he says, okay? Mitzad echad, on the one hand, ra'a, Ra'ash in Roy Lassos. He saw that this was not proper to do. Okay. Kimalo Ulatsarahi. What do I have to be involved in this guy's uh, problems? Okay, right? The Ulai Shamitri Yaragosa. Maybe the Mitri is going to kill him, right? It's a, it's a risk. Umitsaracher, but on another side, Ra'ash Adam Hamula Habit El Amal Luyuchal. On the other hand, he saw that a person who is in a, uh, a you know, position of stature, a privileged position, cannot. This is a, a phrase from Chavakov. Cannot look at uh, at injustice, meaning he can't see injustice and then not do anything about it. Okay. Ish, and in a place where there are no men, he should strive to be a man. Okay, uh, that's in Pirkei Amram, This is what it means. This uh, this is what it means when it says he looked here and there. Uh, these are the two angles that he saw. I mean, he looked at both sides of the of, of the issue. Now, if you're taking that, what we'll call it is that show that he looked at. On the one hand, he said, like, like, I don't got to do this. This is not my responsibility. But then he looked on the other uh, the other side. So he did. He, he, it is true that he reasoned it out. I, I think so. You could say that this is an intellectual thing that he like weighed the possibilities. Yeah, ability to uh, overcome a uh, internal. Uh, yeah, I was thinking that, right? I was thinking more of a, it was an emotional thing is that he, uh, so not like Michael was saying, I mean, I'm, what Michael's saying is possible as well, but not like Michael was saying that he was so moved to act that he was single-mindedly going here, but no, he was in conflict. He was in personal conflict, but he uh, overcame his, his personal reservations and did what is right, right? Instead of what is easy. Yeah. Uh, it was ethical reasoning. That's true. Yeah. So we'll, we'll list that as well. Right. Engaged in. Um, what is this? Okay. Yeah. I guess ethical reasoning. Right. Ethical reasoning. Right. Not, not just um, uh, impulsivity. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't the, uh, someone else said that the fact that he like took precautions means that he wasn't being impulsive. And according to this shot, it definitely is not being impulsive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know how you can say that, that he was that he wasn't literally looking this way and that. 
Okay, so this, this might be a little bit of drasha. And he saw that there was no man. What does this mean? That he saw that that Moshe saw that he would not be called, he wouldn't rise to the level of being a man, meaning an amitz libo bigiborim, meaning someone who's courageous and uh, and like uh, like standing up for what's right. Im If he didn't do this. So he's saying, you know, again, he's going with this, this phrase of Chazal, in a place where there are no men, strive to be a man. So he saw that I would not be like a uh, a man of justice, a man of like empathy, a man of whatever, of like, you know, saving people from their oppressors if I didn't do this. I think it's a bit of a drushy thing, but it's a good, a good drush. Well, yeah, it's not shy. can use that drusha to say that he looked around and saw that there was no man and therefore... He was mad. Uh, someone else says that. Uh, that, that there's someone else who says that. Like he saw that he saw that like, he had to be the man when he when you can just simply say that yeah. Shot says there was no other man there, so he had to be the man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rashi says he saw in the future, and so there's no. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to go there. Um, well, there's no good people. Well, I think there's also saying that he was in an unjust land where this cruelty would not be resolved unless he, the person that's sitting there, actually did. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's what I'm trying to find here. Yeah, it's weird. Why are weird here? Oh, you know, you know who said it? It was the Nitziv, who I did not include in my thing. I was looking at that when uh, I had to go. So look at what the Nitziv says. In he won't be called a man. Is that what he's saying? Yeah. He's yeah. If he didn't, if you didn't stand up for, yeah, if you didn't stand up for this, then you wouldn't be a man. Yeah. I don't know. It's, uh... I don't like it. I don't know why you simply can't just take that drusha and then say, like, like what was that? Physically looked. No, no, no. Yeah, he looked. He said that the drusha says, when in a place where there are no men, be a man. Yeah. Right? So he looked. He saw there were no men. Yeah, like, like Michael saying, it was a, was an un, it was an unjust uh, system, right? There was nobody there that was going yeah. to protect this guy. Yeah. So he was being a man. Yeah. So this is what Nid Siv says. So he says, like this Viarki and Ish, he saw that there was no man. Lahagi Lafanavas are evil to tell. The injustice too. Why? Kikulam atzeres bogim v'sone Israel. All of them were a band of traitors, and they were haters of the Jews. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, he couldn't tell like another adult, right? Like right, he couldn't right. find another Egyptian because they would not do anything, and they would love to see the fact that this this uh, Jew is being uh, beaten. And v'yach as a mitzri. So he's applying the same statement of Hazal, but to saying that there was no one else who would intervene. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I guess the only issue that says afterwards, well, two things. One, he hit him in the sand so no one would come after him and see that someone was dead. Yeah. So but, but what's wrong with that? Well, if there were people there, then they would see. Oh, you mean? Um, he, he just saw. Oh, well, he looked around and he saw a bunch of Egyptians. They're like, they're not going to do anything. Oh, right, right. Me, yeah, correct me. You're saying that you still have to say that, that there were physically no people around. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. I think that is important. And yeah. I think you can read both. I think both are implied. Right. I'm saying this is the word. Right. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a good point. Right. Just by that, they didn't have forensics, so somebody. Well, right. Well, that that's that's what we're going to see in a second. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what we're gonna see in a second. Yeah, yeah, Michael, what were you saying? Oh, I was just saying that it's a fair read to say that Moshe is doing both. He's evaluating the civilization, right. he's saying this is evil, and also there's nobody here, so let's fix this evil. 
Yeah, right, right. Okay, so now let's go on to the second incident. Oh, or, or not? Is it? He beat the man, yeah. Okay. Was that a quote from Hazal? Uh, yeah, from Pierre That's awesome. He beat the man in a place where there are no men trying to be a man. Yeah, yeah, it is good. Yeah, yeah. Also, it's interesting. I was reading in the in this past week's Torah. Yeah. That on his deathbed, David tells like a whole bunch of things to Shlomo, and one of them is he says, "Become a man." Yeah, it's it's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, interesting thing here, which I this would be a whole other topic, but just based on this. This is the, if you want to say uh, the Torah's idea of machismo is standing up for the oppressed and intervening. And uh, even when it's at risk to yourself, uh-huh. right? That's like how literally these Mepharshim are applying yeah. it, you know? Yeah. yeah. So we should That's be good. Batman. Uh, you should be Batman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moshe has no jurisdiction. He'll find him. All right. Vihine lochasha Moshe sha ivri hamuka yigale hadavar. All right. So th- this is answering your question, Arn. Is how did people find out? Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to skip through this because I don't think this is um, relevant to our thing. But basically, the the there was only one witness, which is the Jew who, who Moshe saved, yeah. right? Uh, and uh, and uh, and and that guy told on him, right? Yeah. Um, oh, but there is a point here that we do need to look at. Uh, check out. Well, you don't have this, so you can't check it out. Um, the uh, the the Avram Ben Rama makes this beautiful point. Okay, where are we? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Avram Ben Rama says like this. This is I, I really like this point. He's bonin the kinaso alavasham. So so uh, contemplate Moshe's uh, uh, zeal. I don't like the word zeal. His Devotion to uh, his integrity, right? His devotion to his values. Okay, al haoshek against injustice. Eich lo saramimenu, how he didn't deviate from it. Lo naso gahor, he didn't recoil mimena. Um, uh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. That's by the. Sorry, sorry. I'm jumping the gun. That's by the daughters of Ruel. There's someone else who says this point here. Was it the Malbim? Maybe it's the Malbim. Hold on, let's check the Malbim. Oh, we didn't do the Malbim on this also. Malbim was also good. So he says, uh, Even though he was um, raised among the Egyptians, and he had uh, mingled with them, they were like strangers in his eyes, right? Uh, but this guy who was being uh, beaten up, uh, he felt like a, his real brother because he was his flesh and blood. Um, and he was angry at the guy who was uh, uh, hitting because he was a, an Egyptian who was like despicable in his eyes. Okay, so he was anti-Egyptian. Okay, fine. All right. Uh, Tamusa, Ulvaltomar ki asa zesh lobata. Oh, here he's the one who says he didn't do it impulsively. He says, Ulvaltomar, so that you don't say ki asa ze shalobata sichlo. If don't say that Moshe was acting not on his in- intelligence, rock me to kas, but just out of uh, anger, immediate, vizelo yishubach, and that's not praiseworthy. Alze amro shapana kovako, liros imyesh ish, ki asa bemitun uvata sichlo. The fact that he was like took precautions meant that he was operating in the framework of his intellect and deliberation. And he knew that there'd be danger in the matter if he, uh, if he, um, uh, became known to anyone. So it's like, you know, this was not a case of running into a burning building to save somebody where you're just doing it recklessly or like going on adrenaline. 
right? Not to say that those people are like bad, but they're not using their intellect to like weigh out, you know, is this building just gonna fall? Okay, so I guess I am saying they're bad. <laughs> no, I don't know, whatever. Um, okay, so then he says in, uh, oh, th- this is the point I wanted to get to. So now this is the second incident with the, with the guys, with the Hebrews. Uh, even though, uh, even when he saw the, the uh, uh, pain of his brother, his brethren, okay, so another's like this. He killed an Egyptian to save his, his brother. Now, what would you do if you did that? You would hide out in your house for like, until like, you know, you know that the police aren't like looking for the body, right? He went out the very next day to, to look out for his brethren again. Right. So he was, uh, so what do you call this? This is like, um, like there is a certain, uh, uh, maybe tenacity is the wrong word, but like, this is the person who let's say like is, uh, you know, uh, you know, opposing the, uh, the, 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 the government, the Chinese government. Right. And, uh, and he gets thrown in jail, serves the term, then goes right out there again and then protests, uh, the, the, the government again, you know, it shows true yeah. commitment. Yeah, right, right. right. It's not like, oh, well, I murdered one guy. I made the world a little bit better. Or I killed one bad guy. Right, I'm Yotze, right? No, it's not done. There's still slavery. I got to go through the next day. Literally day two. Right. Even though he is... (laughs) Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so let's see what else he says here. Um, Was the Yifan, right? I'll say Amarship. No, I read that, right? Blah, blah, blah. He's explaining the, the words. Uh, oh, so this is a different quality here. Okay. So he's saying like this. Um, so he saw Kishne Reim. Uh, that two, you know, comrades, right? Two friends, who were in distress, they should love each other naturally, and help each other. Not that they should have quarreling with each other. Uh, I think this is supposed to be a bane. Hold on. I got to do my, uh, my, my do. Yep. My duty here. And, Send in a correction to Rabbi Novetsky before I forget. Uh, this was on Pasuk uh, Yud Gimel. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Boom. Uh, let me just do this. Shalach uh, Tikkun. Oops. Mm-hmm. This is funny. I found a, I found a, I found a typo in the, uh, in the Vilna Shabbos. Oh yeah. Yeah. It says, um, it says, 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 all of this is necessary for leadership purposes, right? For people who are going to like govern a nation. So you know what this is like? 
who does this remind you of? Who who is famous for seeing two people who are fighting and like our own, right? So right, seeing two people who are fighting and wanting to bring peace among them, you know. So this is different. In the case of the Mitri, it's someone abusing someone else. The Mavim is making it seem like this is a thing where he saw strife between people who should not have strife, and he wants to bring infighting. He wants to bring peace there, right? Uh, uh, that's what Chazal say uh, um, uh, in the Mishnah, right? There's not just like a, 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 a an idle midrash. Yeah, this is the um, you should be uh, the uh, IDLE. Yeah, yeah. Um, it says you should be uh, the the disciples of Aaron, uh, love peace and pursue peace. And then they also use this to explain why why Klal cried way more when Aaron died than when Moshe died because uh, Aaron like was was beloved among them because he was always like making peace between them. Um, so he was uh, uh, he strove to bring peace between uh, between brethren, and uh, uh, that was um, uh, strong leadership skills. I know I know the mom says that that was one quality, but I think it's two qualities. Um, okay, uh, let's let's actually. I know there's a lot more we could do. Let's there's a lot more we could do. <laughs> we're, we're not going to be here all night. Uh, Let's, I'm just trying to think, should we move to wrap up? Okay, let's do a little bit more. I'm trying to think, should we, like, should we do this? Should we go into this next week also? I mean, it's about Moshe Bain. We're going to be talking about Moshe Bain for a while. I wasn't planning on it, but uh, yeah, they are interesting. I've never, I've never looked into them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. The the like minor figures, but they're like Yeah. 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 Right. Right. Yeah. He even he even he talks about this here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Right. So you know, let's do this. Uh, let me reveal to you my theory because that way we could think about it, and um, and then we'll decide whether to come back to this uh, uh next time because we we. There's more to do on the fighting between the Hebrews and then there's the Dars of Ru'el, okay? So here's my theory, okay? If you look at the Pesukim, you have three incidents of Moshe stepping in to help an oppressor, okay? Oh, to help the oppressor and the oppressor, right? Okay. Then you have um, Moshe naming his son Gershom, Amar Kiger saying, I'm a stranger in a strange land, which also shows, I think the Abraunel says, uh, like, says, big whoop, like, what else would you be in a strange land? You know, uh, but like, I, I think there's a, another idea, which is that um, he is, uh, you know, what is the whole thing the Torah says all the time is remember that you are a stranger and identifying like with the other, you know? So it could be that that was Moshe was, was, uh, was striving more, but here's my theory. Okay. How does the Peric end? Peric ends with the So in those days, uh, the, after those many days, many years, right, the king of Egypt died, and Bnei Israel groaned from the from the work. and they cried out. and their outcry uh, from the avoda went up to God. And God heard their outcry. And God remembered his covenant as Abraham, as Yitzchak, as Yaakov. Uh, the covenant, uh, or he remembered Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. And God uh, saw B'nai Israel and he knew. So what am I going to say? What? Uh, he, he knew uh, B'nai Israel's suffering, which means he uh, had Hashgach on them. What, what am I going to say? In light of everything we've said up until now, how does that change your reading of these three psukim? 
some of it is a mirror between what God's yes. doing. Yes. Exactly, right? There is a parallel between what God is doing and what Moshe is, is doing, right? So all these incidents are cases where Moshe saw suffering and then intervened. And then it says that God saw suffering and intervened. Now, obviously, God's not doing it because of Moshe, both because it's God. And it doesn't say he's doing it because of Moshe. It says he's doing it because of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, right? So we can't take the parallel in that direction. But what can, like, can we say an idea from this parallel? Moshe would be Yes. Yeah. Right. Moshe, so the point is that Moshe is paralleling Midos HaKadosh Baruch right? And that therefore Moshe is the proper one to uh, take Bnei Yisrael out of Mitzrayim because he follows in all these ways of God of the Midos HaRachman. Now, I've not seen this in any commentary, okay? This is my theory, but I think it's an intriguing theory, you know, and it's, again, the fact that it's all neatly packaged into like one, like, chunk of Pesukim here, uh, to me, like, lends credence to it. Yeah. The next parak opens up with uh, the bush, right? Moshe, yeah, Moshe yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so meaning it's a, it's a showing of like a bunch of deeds of Moshe. And yeah. Showing how that's an emulation of God. Yeah. And the next thing is like he gets Nevuah. Right. And by the way, and in the Nevuah, according to Rashi, is the, the Rashi who says, um, uh, for Ekiah, Sher Ekiah, I, uh, so... Yeah. So when, according to Rashi, when Moshe asks what name I should tell them, yeah. so what is God? So God says, I will be what I will be, which Ramam says means that God is an independent existence. Okay. But Rashi says the Midrashic thing. God says, I am with you in your suffering. Right. Which is what Moshe Rabbeinu literally did is going into suffering with them. Right. Um, and so, you know, th- there is a uh, parallels here as well. Yeah. Okay, fine. So I'm not guaranteeing that we're going to continue this next week, but I think it's, I, I, I think this is an interesting Derek, by the way, right? Is that, you know, I mean, we got 16, give or take, you know, Midos that, mo- that are exemplified in motion. I feel like th- this is kind of why I wanted to focus on this is when I, if, before this year, if I just said, what do you think of about, uh, when you think of Moshe Rabbeinu's greatness, you would probably say one of two things. What's Moshe's greatness? What would you say? Like before, when? Best kind of, best prophet. Best prophet. Oh. Yeah. Or, okay, or Urbano, right? Great teacher. Or what? what's the only thing he's praised for? Is humility, right? Okay, those are the things Moshe is known for. I feel like Moshe's, like, standing up for justice and saving the oppressed doesn't get enough attention, you know? But that is how he is introduced to us. So it's like, that's the baseline for the character that Moshe is, which then all these, these other things, like oh, he developed all these other qualities because he had a certain ethical perfection. Yeah. Mike, oh, sorry. Yeah. Michael. Uh, I would just say that you're right. These verses are very um, efficiently expressing yeah. the, the justice you want. And I think that's also partly why, as I'll say so humble, like these are necessary prerequisites of the leader of the Jews that will take them yeah. out of this slavery. And in like four verses, we get yeah. oh, so I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because if we don't continue this, I want to actually skip ahead to the Abravanel and read this for a second. Look at the Abravanel in the second paragraph of Tesvav. So he summarizes what this whole incident was doing. He says, These three stories were just supposed. Rotsalomar meaning to say, killing the Egyptian, uh, the two Hebrews fighting, and the daughters of Midian. 
Ahre Sipur Gidel Moshe Bebeis Paro, after talking about Moshe being raised in the house of Paro, Lomi Pnei Bizman Echa, not because they all took place chronologically one after the other, Ela Lahodia Malas Moshe Ushle Muyosav, but to show the level of Moshe and his perfections. Kihunis Gadol Rishon of Bebeis HaMalchus Asher Leparo, he was, he was, uh, uh, had a, a, a uh, first-rate upbringing, right? He's got a Rishonah in the house of the Malchus that was Taparo. This is a theory that the that the um, a lot of the Farshim have. Why was he raised in the house of Paro? So Moshe could basically gain like a regal manner and personality and like learn how to talk to kings. That would give his heart strength, the Gadol Esrucho, and and give his give him good self-esteem. No, he he gets all the good from that, but he doesn't get all the bad. No, no, no. He seems to tell God that he's. Oh, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But but when it comes, when, when that's something different though, because when push comes to shove, he does not back away from talking to Paro. You know, yeah. We see from here that Moshe, by nature and constitution, was a tzaddik and a yashar and a great of heart. These are the proper midos for navi, and things that prepare him for nevua in truth. So, like, that's the pur- purpose of saying all these stories. Yeah, I want to mention is that, like, uh, through this, through this uh, uh, I guess, method, right? yeah. Um, it, it it makes Moshe at least it made Moshe to me more relatable. Yeah, definitely. Like, like, <laughs> I can't relate to his nevuah. Well, yeah, say, again, the emotion didn't go through his humility. Which yeah, is something you can kind of like try to understand. Like, yeah, you know, how that like all that thing. You know. Then you think of nevuah and you're like, okay, I can't relate to that in many ways. Yeah. and then you think of like his leadership, and you can kind of like lean parts of it. But when you actually take apart like what was happening here, like like I guess like Chazal, like the um, yeah uh, the Rishonim are doing, um, then you kind of like understand like what put him in that position yeah definitely it makes him more relatable and then not just on a theoretical uh like um emotional level but you can actually draw inspiration from this like i don't know how many instances you've had where you've had to like stand up and intervene for injustice it hit i don't know i don't know when you my heart beats really really fast and it's a lonely experience you know but like there is a real emotional impact of like i'm going to i'm going to Moshe did this, like, I'm going to try to be like Moshe Rabbeinu here, you know, it's like much easier to relate to that. In fact, I mean, this is my, my hang up. I, I, you know, I, I, I've expressed this before. I have a very, I love Sefer Shemos. Okay. And part of the reason why is I have such a hard time relating to the Avos. Um, Like I love Breshis from the first parak up until Avram. You know, yeah, because that's universal ideas about humanity. And I can relate to that, you know, then the Avos seem like so lofty. Yaakov this year started to become actually more accessible to me. Yeah. Uh, But like, this is very, you know, you're right. Like Moshe Bain usually feels like completely out of of our league. Like this is a. It's very very easy to look at the story and say, yeah, he killed him that, you know, like that's a different level. That's a different, that's that's, that's away from that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. the Midos that led him to, not not justify it, but yeah. led him to to be right in what he did. That right, he right. And, and look, and you, you could translate it. Obviously, we're not hopefully not going to be in a situation where we have to kill people. Right. But like, let, let's take the thing of, of two two Jews fighting who should be getting along, right. and he's uh, risking himself to uh, to go intervene. Right? How often does it happen where like you have two friends 
who are like fighting with each other, you know, and like you are risking like your own standing in the friendship by like intervening, but like you do, you know, you, you do it anyway because it's for the good of the of the friendship, you know. A lot of good stuff you can have here. Yeah, Michael. Uh, I just want to say I think part of the reason that the Avos are harder to relate to than Moshe, because I, I think that's true. I, I echo it, uh, is that the Avos didn't function like anyone we deal with because they separated from society. They, yeah. they they were living like individuals. There were kingdoms around, but they were like avoiding them. Moshe is in the thick of it and trying yeah. to take a group of people, and that's right. closer to the uh, the position of a modern Jew. We have a people. That's interesting. You have to dive yeah. in. That, correct. That, that's another reason why I do like Sefer Shemot because I, I, I can relate to like you're saying, to the Jewish nation. And then even though I'm not a leader of the Jewish nation, we all have like our little circles of like influence and like we represent Judaism and stuff. So like, it's easier for me to relate to Moshe's leadership capacity in that sense than Avra. Like, yeah, I'll relate to Yaakov, like starting a nation from his descendants. Like, yeah, that's really easy to relate to, you know, like, uh, and, and look, look, look. Aram's even harder. Yitzchak's even harder. Cause like, what is Yitzchak even like, you know? So th- that's on my bucket list of like, find out how to relate to like the Avos and like gain from them in that way. But uh, right now, like I'm, I'm content with the uh, uh, Moshe. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, and yes, yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Okay. All right. So let's stop for tonight. I, I have to announce, by the way, uh, a decision, decision. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Schneeweiss. Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewos at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.